Welcome to the Fear to Fortitude podcast. I'm your host, Coach Latavia Renee, the Fortitude Coach. Today, I have a special guest, Larry Hooks, and I will let him give a brief introduction before we get started. Larry? As you said, my name is Larry Hooks. I'm a health and fitness coach. I'm the CEO and owner of ROE, which stands for Rules of Engagement Fitness. Um, this year, I'll be married for 20 years with four children. So that's, that is that's awesome. all I can tell you right now. 20 years. Oh, 20. my goodness. 20 years and four children. Uh, tell us a little bit about your wife and kids very quickly. Well, my wife, she is a support therapist at uh, one of the um, elementary schools in the area. Um, my oldest son graduates high school this year. And my my next, he'll be in the 11th grade next year. And my oldest daughter, she will be in the fifth grade. And my baby girl, she'll be four this year. So wow. two boys, two girls. Wow. Split it right down the middle. Right down the middle. That, so I can imagine the wars in that house are pretty balanced. So there's no advantage for either one of you. <laughs> well, actually, oh. there not really any wars because I, my three-year-old terrorizes everyone equally. So we, we, live, we, live, on a, we live on a dictatorship, really. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, I saw the um, video of her recently. Um, that was pretty awesome. She, she is amazing. Yes, she is. They all are, but she's absolutely amazing. Okay. First question, what is your definition of fortitude or courage? My definition of fortitude or courage would be not necessarily not having fear, but facing those fears and overcoming those fears. Because you can only be courageous in the face of your fears. So I would say um, not letting fear bind you or hold you back, but being able to embrace that fear and overcome it. I used to think that uh, to be courageous was the absence of fear. And it's, it's right the opposite, quite the opposite. Right the opposite. Very accurately pointed out, there is no courage if there is no fear. What was the spark that started you on your journey to becoming a fitness coach? Actually, it was wanting to get myself back into shape. I had been gaining and losing and gaining and losing and not really having any consistency. And then once I started kind of um, studying and, and seeing the things that work for me and kind of finding out that not everything works for everyone and that you have to find what works for you and how, you know, when you go to the gym and you hear people talk a lot of times, everybody's trying to do the same thing and they wonder why they're not getting the same results as someone else, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm naturally I'm a teacher. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's what I do. I mean, no matter what the subject is, you know, I find myself trying to teach it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've always had this knack of taking really complicated ideas and simplifying them and helping people by simplifying them and explaining it. And so as I began to kind of do that when it came to health and fitness and people began to respond positively, I said, well, maybe this is what I need to be doing. So. So found that's, that's you that, as you were finding yourself, found your right. found your superpower. I like that. What fears have you overcome and how have you leveraged that in order to help yourself and your clients? That's a good segue because guess what? I did it by 
finding who I was. The, my biggest fear that I had was worrying about how people perceived me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I spent, you know, most of my life performing, hmm. you know, you know, being what I figured everyone wanted me to be in order for them to perceive me in the way that they wanted to perceive me. And so as I began to just, you know, just think about things after what happened with Brittany and my realization how short life really is, mm-hmm. you know, I figured that, you know, I would be in a much better position if I live my life being me and not being who everyone wanted me to be. Right. So as, you know, I, as I began to um, embrace that fear of, you know, worrying about how people perceive me. And as I began to find myself, I began to realize that, you know, I can I control the narrative of how people perceive me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was doing it anyway, trying to fit the mold that I figured they wanted me to be. So why not use that same fear of how people perceive me mm-hmm. and use that to, you know, uh, push me into the direction of becoming who I was born to be. You know, you use that same fear since I control the narrative to control the narrative of how people perceive me. Like in my so head, that's, I'm that's, giving you like the standing ovation. because that, <laughs> That's like my that, biggest, biggest fear. Yeah. Yeah. That is the absolute foundation of the Fear to Fortitude podcast. Fear is not your liability. It's your leverage. Yes, it's definitely that is is exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not even talking about necessarily overcoming the fear. I'm talking about leveraging that fear, taking that fear in your hand and using it for leverage, using it as a tool, exactly what you did. Um, And I want to just kind of touch on this briefly. You mentioned Brittany earlier, and of course, our listeners don't know the lovely, 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 lovely. I'll let you say anything that you'd like to say. Fill us in on who Brittany is. Yeah, I'll try. I'll try to do a little bit if I can keep my eyes dry. But of course, you know, but our listeners don't. You know, Brittany is my sister-in-law. She was married to my uh, my wife's brother. The absolute sweetest person I've ever met in my whole life. And, you know, a couple of years ago, she passed at a very early age. I think she was 32. I realized then that life is way too short. Yeah. You know, life is like a vapor. You're here today, you're gone tomorrow. So it was, that was a, a real turning point in my life. You know, we, we all have been affected dramatically, mm-hmm. you know, by that event. You know, we've all have changed drastically, whether we, whether we realize it ourselves or not, we all have come out of that with those scars. And so I've done my best to to use that, to use those scars to, you know, to remind myself that there's no time to waste, there's no time to stop, that we have to keep pressing forward. Right. Um, And much like yourself, that was a wake up call for me because it was out of nowhere, very young. And the other takeaway, like you said, there's no time to waste. I will say she didn't waste time. She got her degree like that was right, yes, right, right there at, it. Yeah. at the end. She got her degree. So I celebrate that and I celebrate her in this moment for her hard work and dedication to her education, to her husband and to her children. 
So who do you serve in your business? Anyone that wants to make a lasting change in their life as it goes with health and fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of times it's, you know, people that want to lose 20, 30 pounds, they want to get down to a, a, a certain size or whatever. And so I try to guide them as to how to be successful in what they do, dealing with setbacks, dealing with disappointments, you know, dealing with those things that come along with it, because it's, mm-hmm. it's a lifelong journey. You know, your health is a lifelong journey. It's not, you know, something you're going to be done with in a 12 week program. Exactly. So, um, and I love how you put that. Like, it's not, um, it really is a commitment, like a lifestyle change. It's the long haul, the long term, not just, I want to lose this few vanity pounds for a week. <laughs> like it's, right. it's, it's the one that's going to make a full change, not just the weight, but the entire, your health includes more than your weight. So it's right. Like, what do your clients fear the most? Not sure what the future may bring as far as their fitness and their health. What, in your experience, have you seen that they fear the most? A, a lot of them fear if they're going to be able to reach their goal. Mm-hmm. I knew you was going to ask this question. That's why I held back. <laughs> <laughs> they, they feel like that the goal is too much for them. They know what they want, but mm-hmm. they fear they're not going to be able to get there. And what I like to do for clients like that is I, I tell them, don't look so much at that end number. You know, we're going to get there, mm-hmm. but let's break it down into baby steps. Right. You know, it's like building a house. Your end result is the house, mm-hmm. but you got to get the foundation built. You got to run the plumbing. You got to get the walls up. You got to get the electricity ran. You got to do all these things, you know, that before you get to that finished product. And I like to tell them, you know, okay, you want to lose 40 pounds and, what, four months, we'll say. You want to lose 40 pounds in four months. Okay, that's fine. Let's concentrate on losing two or three a week. Right. Let's break it down to smaller, achievable goals so that when you see, you know, that two-pound loss that, man, I was successful and I, and I met this goal for this week as opposed to, you know, at the end of that week when you lost two pounds, you know, man, I still got 38 more pounds to go. Yeah, exactly. And you bring up a good point. And it's not just in weight loss, but even in life, if you learn how to break down those big things that seem overwhelming into smaller chunks, you reduce the overwhelm, if not eliminating the overwhelm, you at least reduce it. And then you get to celebrate along the way. So like right. in the first two or three pounds, celebrate that. Celebrate the same that. way you would celebrate the 40 pounds. You stop, you celebrate that. And it's a cycle of honoring yourself. And the more you feel celebrated, the more you'll be motivated to show up for yourself and to commit to yourself. What are the biggest obstacles that you face in sharing your message and your genius? I think the biggest obstacle I face is, hmm, I don't know what the biggest obstacle Well, I can't say I don't know. I really don't want to say it. People are not as, people are not as dedicated as, not as dedicated to their goals as they think they are. Mm. And so, and I'm not, I'm not really a confrontational person when it comes to things that is your goals and your business. So Mm -hmm. my biggest obstacle is kind of stepping out of the box and saying, well, look, this is what you need. You know what I'm saying? This is what you need to do in order to reach it. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times I just want to say, well, I mean, it's your health. I mean, it's, you know, you know what? That's a really good point that you bring up that 
sometimes we're not as dedicated to things that we think we are. Like we want the end result. Like we see that over there. We see the person who has that goal that we're aiming for, but we don't necessarily see the work it took them to get there. Exactly. Um, And we're not really interested in the process as much as we're interested in the results. Um, And one way around that is when you have something that you're just looking at the results, you need to have a why, a very strong oh, why wow. yes, as to why absolutely. you're doing it. And I can't remember whose story it was. Oh, I wish I could remember. I know I was watching Impact Theory, but he had a guest on the show who had health issues. He was very young when he had them, but he had health issues. And he went to the doctor and the doctor, you know, asked him, like, you know, you have a wife and kids. Yes. And he was like, do you want to walk your daughter down the aisle? He, you know, so he, before he even told him what to do, he told him, you know, here's the why. If you don't do this, you won't be here to walk down the aisle. You won't Mm -hmm. be here to do X, Y, Z. And so, yeah, you're right. A lot of times we're not committed to the outcome we think we want. But once we get that why in place, like he had no issues, no problems with dealing with his health when he was able to attach it to being there to see my daughter grow up and to be there for her major events. Then he had no problem, you know, Mm -hmm. changing the diet, you know, getting in the exercise and all of those things. So yeah, very good point that a lot of times we want that outcome. We don't want that. We don't want the struggle. (laughs) Right. And your, your why has to be even stronger than your will. That now that's not, that's gold. (laughs) Can we write it down? <laughs> I'm actually writing this. Yeah, put, write that down. Write that down. I'll be saying some stuff sometimes. I'll be amazed when I be saying it. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why I say that, though, that your uh-huh. why must be stronger than your will, because when times get really, really hard, our will will be broken. Uh-huh. You know? But if our why is strong enough, we'll we'll go on even when there's nothing in us to go on with. That's right. That why is the bridge to the other side. And you're right, like that it can break, but you'll if you have a strong why, you'll fill that gap in with whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes. The other other sides. Yeah. That's worth his weight in gold right there. (laughs) (laughs) That's the podcast title, okay? So how does fear usually show up in the people that you serve and what impact have you seen in their journey when they have overcome that fear? A lot of the times I say fear, fear usually comes when, when they don't see the results as fast as they think they ought to. Yeah. So then they think that they're going to fail. Yeah. You know, I'm not, you know, I, I've been doing all of this. I've changed how I'm eating. You know, I'm moving more. I'm going, I'm, I'm getting, you know, enough rest at night. And, you know, all of the, I'm doing all of the right things that I'm supposed to do, but I don't feel like it's coming fast enough. Right. I don't think I can do it. You know, and, and that's, that's the way I see fear show up in, you know, the population that I serve. You know, it's, it's more so of, you know, because we, we live in a society where everything instant gratification. Yeah. You know, if I can't have it right now, then it must not be meant for me. You know, you know, and a lot of times we, you know, we've been, even as growing up, we know sometimes we hear adults say, you know, if things don't go the way that we plan or the way that we want, well, maybe it's just not meant to be. 
Now maybe you just need to work a little hard. Right, right. <laughs> maybe yes. you just need to persevere. That's you know, so true. I, can you imagine a, a woman, you know, in child labor, in the labor and delivery room, and she's been pushing for 12 hours and the baby hadn't come yet. And she said, well, I guess it just ain't meant to be. No, you keep pushing till the baby come out. Yeah. Okay, we take 12 more hours. And right. so a lot of times that's what, what we have to do is we have to keep on pushing, you know, even though it seems like, well, maybe it's not meant to be because nothing that's worth having is going to come easy. You're going to have to work for it. You're going to be consistent. You're going you're gonna to have to be, uh, you're going to have to have a lot of perseverance to overcome it. And I and I've seen when people have have overcome that fear, and you know I've been doing this, and it really ain't working. I'm gonna keep on. By that third week, your body done got used to doing the things that you've been doing. Yes. And so, like that first week, you might lose five pounds. You might get another four or five the second week. That third week, you might lose two, or you might gain one. Well, you start to kind of plateau. Your body gets. You know what I'm saying? You kind of plateau, and that's where, that's when it kind of comes. But then you know you're like, well, I'm gonna keep on doing it. And then next thing you know, you know, by that fourth or fifth week combined, you know, you don't lost another 10 pounds. You know what I'm saying? Because now, guess what? We realized that this, this is what your fear is, this, that I'm going to fail. Mm -hmm. And you've been doing this and doing this. Now we realize what the problem, we realize what the problem is. The problem is your body is plateaued. Mm -hmm. So instead of just recognizing the problem, we fix the problem. We change what we do. Because mm -hmm. if you're doing the same thing, you're not getting the results that you want. You need to change it up a bit. Keep it and so we, so we, we change it up a bit. We shock the body a little bit, and then we start back, boom, again. And then they get excited all over again. That's right. You know, it's almost better than the end goal that excitement because it's like, ooh, 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 ooh. If yeah. I, I know if I just tweak a little bit, I can get my body to do what I want it to do. Now a lot, a lot of times, where that that fear comes from is that people, they don't think they have control mm -hmm. over their body. They don't think they have control, you know, over their appetite, over their eating habits, mm -hmm. you know, over over their will to work out or, or walk or, or whatever it is. It's too much going on in my life. I, I can't get seven, eight hours of sleep at night. I got too much to do. And right. so people feel like they have, feel like their life is spinning out of control. And I like and how so, you brought up that they fear that they don't have the control. And honestly, in my experience, what I've seen that that it actually is, is really a lack of a lack of knowledge on just that particular topic. Right. So if you learn how the brain works, then you can learn how to um, program it. So it's just like it's like a computer. It's like when you it's put in like new software, it will run the new software. Yes, and so in weight loss in life in all kinds of situations, if you watch yourself and you learn the things that trigger certain behaviors in you and you change what gets triggered, or change the trigger, you can you can make your behavior be anything you need it to be. Exactly. It's just a, it's really the mind and life is like a game and you can learn to play the game. Learn to play the game. The best of your ability. And we've all done it. We play video games and you you play one level and you keep falling off at one point and you go, OK, well, let me adjust. Let me try something else. What happens mm -hmm. if I jump a split second earlier, a little bit later, if I use this punch combination or this kick combination until you've mastered it. Until you master it. The same way with the brain, with working out or overcoming anything in life or, or accomplishing anything in life. If you feel stuck, learn what it is that will work for you learn how to play the game that your your brain is uh, is built to play 
and you, right. can, you can do it. You can gamify your life just like you do that game, and you can you can reach the highest levels. Besides fear, what is another big obstacle that your clients face? Their health issues themselves. If you're overweight and you got a knee injury, you can't do that workout. Mm-hmm. No, you go do keto. Mm-hmm. But if your kidney's messed up, you can't. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the clients that I serve, they have pre-existing health problems. Yeah. And so and with those really- pre-existing health problems, we have to find ways to reach their goal. But those ways sometimes are unconventional when it comes to the regular healthcare or the regular uh, health and fitness industry. Because you can't, and like I tell people all the time, it's not cookie cutter. Right. You know, I can't just... You know, I can't just print out some workouts and just give, just hand them out to people and say, go do this. And, and these are the results you're going to get. Because everybody's body responds differently. Everybody's body is working differently. Mm-hmm. You know, some of our bodies are not working and not functioning in the way that they should work. So we got to find ways around it. You know, everybody can't go on every kind of diet. You can't restrict every kind of food from people because you don't know what kind of issues that the body has i find out are there pre-existing health conditions that you have you know i don't i don't just want to know oh, do you got previous injuries you know that's you know we can work around that you go because you're gonna let me know that your knee messed up and you can't do these squats that i'm trying to get you to do. <laughs> yeah you know yeah but you you might not let me know you know what i'm saying that you got high blood pressure right you know what I'm saying? you might not let me know that you know the, these other issues that are going to matter when it comes to your nutrition, when we try to change and get you to the place that you want to be, you may not let me know those things because you think those things aren't important. Right. Because, and that's you know, that's, that's the power in having a coach and someone to work with you because they know they know the things that uh, to look out for that you may not know to look out for yourself. So you right. get the encouragement. You get the um, plan that's tailored for you because a lot of times we'll look at what someone else is doing, like you mentioned earlier, and we'll try it and be discouraged because that didn't work for us. And it's Mm -hmm. because I have a different body and different physiology uh, and even a different body habitus than the next person. And so you got to do what works for this body and what works for this mind. Like it, it can be different across the board for everyone. What's your favorite quote about fear? I guess what we talk, what I kind of my definition of it, you know, mm. that courage isn't the absence of fear, you know, but it's it's uh, being brave in the face of fear. In your opinion, what's the best approach to outliving the limitations of your fear, and that can be either in life or even in your fitness? I think the best approach in outliving the limitations of your fear is learning to embrace that fear. A lot of times we'll shun and we'll run away from the fear. But if we learn to embrace, I mean, learn to love your fear. Mm-hmm. Your fear is good for you. It's there for, for a reason. That's right. Now, your body, even when, you know, you're in danger, your body has a natural response, a fight or flight response. And that fear is important because then it, it allows you to realize that there's something wrong mm-hmm. and you need to do something about it. Mm-hmm. When that fear is a, a physical danger that we're in and our body automatically kicks into it, we don't have to worry about it because we're going to do something about it. Right. But when it when it's a psychological fear, right. we don't face it with that same fortitude. You know, we look at that psychological fear as, oh, well, I'm going to avoid that. You know, I'm afraid, well, I'm just not going to, 
you know. I tell people all the time, because some people that say, ooh, I, I just can't speak in front of people. I'm like, okay, then, well, go volunteer to do a speech. Because mm -hmm. you know what's going to happen? Most people, they, the fear of speaking in front of people is they feel, feel like they're going to mess up. Mm -hmm. So I tell them, what you do is you use that as fuel to be over-prepared. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yep. if, if I feel like I'm going to fail, then I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I don't. Right. You know, and so, you know, that, that's just, that's just how I, um, how I think that, uh, that approach that what we need to do in, in order to outlive that fear, in order to pass the limitations of that fear is to take that fear, embrace that fear, invite that fear along mm -hmm. and question it. See, see what, what's behind that fear so you can address it that's right that's right there's um i was working on a training the other day and the thing with fear is you want to acknowledge it face it and then you want to release it and mm -hmm. i don't mean in necessarily like you're never going to feel it again the right. releasing it is just releasing its power to make you stop right you want to release the power that it is having over your life. And if you can release mm -hmm. the power of fear to make you stop, then you become unstoppable. The thing about fear, like you said, use it as a motivation. Take it with you. In my own walk, if I feared something, I, I stop. That's it. <laughs> I'm not right. doing it. I'm not doing it. And um, by the time I made it to like high school, I was this, I had a fear of speaking and you know what I did? I joined the drama club. There you go. So I was, you know, acting, speaking, doing pro, uh, you know, pros and all of these things and going to competitions. And I did not want to um, be silenced. Like I felt like I had something to say, but I was so afraid to say it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to live with this if there's something I can do about it. So I bought a book and it was like a hundred tips on speaking in public, on public speaking. And I read that book and I was like, I'm, I'm going to need a little more than this book. It gave me <laughs> some helpful ideas, but I was like, I don't feel like I'm over the hump, you know? And that's when I joined the drama club. And after that, you know, it wasn't smooth sailing, but I feel the fear and do it anyway. Right, uh, and then you get to celebrate. There's such an amazing celebration on the other side. And I don't do like a pass or fail. I may not do as well as I would like to have done. It may not right. land exactly the way I wanted it to, but I celebrate the fact that I showed up in spite right. of fear. And then oh, I the know. Mm -hmm. Oh, I say because the fear wasn't whether or not you was gonna do good or not. The fear was the speaking. Mm-hmm. So you showed them no matter how it went, you overcame the fear of speaking. Right, right. So yeah, use that fear, take it with you, use it as your leverage to be overprepared. That I love. So don't let it stop you. You can use it to, if it's, if it's useful for you to use it to drive you, then use it to drive you, but don't let it stop you. What has been the greatest benefit in your own life doing the things that you fear doing? I get just discovering who I am. I get, you know, I, it's like, I'm such a free person now. Yeah. No, I still have worries. <laughs> I, I still, I still have fears and everything, but mm -hmm. you know, I realize that 
my like you said, my fears can't stop me. You know, so it, it's it's such a, a, a freeing thing because fear does it has you bound when it stops you when you know you want to get to this place but you can't get there because you're afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, you're locked out of getting to this place because you're afraid. But once you overcome that fear, I mean, nothing nothing can stop you then. That's right. Because the one thing that was holding you back, you overcame it. And for me, that was just you know being myself. You know, I could just be Larry and, and it's okay. You I know, whether that. whether people like it or not, you know, that that's just what you get because I don't know nothing else to anymore. Right. There's so much freedom on the other side of fear, on the other side of being controlled and limited by that fear. And and as you pointed out earlier, there's such a difference between that fear that we need for survival of, of a physical danger that's ahead of you and that psychological fear where we're fearing things that wouldn't have that impact on our life, like fear of speaking, fear of anything that it is that doesn't pose a threat, an actual threat to your life. But a lot of times we'll respond to it internally and mentally with that same amount of fear as if a lion was in front of us. Right, because your body don't know the difference. It doesn't. And so then, you know, you get to the point where you're able to work on calming yourself down and realizing, okay, if I do do it and I quote unquote fail, I survive. Right. So the more you test the waters, the better you'll get at failing forward. Mm -hmm. There's no success (laughs) for people who refuse to fail at anything. If you refuse to take a chance on yourself and on life and the possibility of failure means not to move. You will never make it. And I am speaking from experience. <laughs> you cannot wish yourself there. <laughs> You're going to have to work for it uh, step yes. by step. And it's it's so worth it. You will never regret it. You'll look back and you'll know that it was so worth it. So what is your advice to listeners who may still be afraid to step out of their comfort zone in an area of their life or who may still be afraid to really go all in on their fitness goals because they feel like, it, what's the point? I've tried it already and I failed at it before. What would be your advice to them? My advice would be to not let that fear keep you from at least putting forth an effort. Everybody's different. This world is made up of individuals, and everyone responds to this world differently. Everyone is responded to by this world differently. And so you just have to find what works for you. And it's going to take time. It's going to take trial and error. Just don't get discouraged. Because if you if you keep pressing forward, you may not reach the goal that you want to get to, but your life will still be better off than what it was if you wouldn't have tried. Right. And that's a good point. Like, you know, we've heard it before. Um, shoot for the stars and you may not make it to the stars, but you might get the moon. Good. So aim big. So even if you don't get to that, what you get is still pretty doggone good. I'm excited to get the answers to this. Who <laughs> was your childhood I'm, I'm hero? Scared. No, not just who was your childhood. Okay, childhood hero, <laughs> fictional or real life? Either, either one or both. You can answer both. <laughs> oh, both. <laughs> oh, gosh, childhood hero. 
I didn't really have a lot of heroes, like for real. That's crazy, ain't it? Wow. That is mm, interesting. That is, yeah. Now that I think about it, were you your own hero, Larry? That's kind of dis- that's kind of disturbing a little bit. Don't tell me. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I guess the listeners got to hear that. Huh? Well, uh, <laughs> well, no, seriously. Um, yeah. Like I, said, I don't know if I had like individuals that would be heroes. I guess I would say. I guess that's that's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That would be the best way to put it. Now, if we're looking at a, a group of people, maybe, mm-hmm. then I could say like civil rights leaders during the sixties were like, uh, you know, because I'm a, I'm a history buff, so I mean, is. they and like even even now. And but, you know what? I love the answer because we there's so many different kinds of heroes, and honestly, yeah. without those heroes, and we've had so many um, in our lineage and in our history we would not be able to be who we are today. Like, exactly. Like, and that's not figurative. You know, literally, we would not be able to be who we are today. Like, right. Like this, like were. this podcast would not be happening. Like, no. you know, so I mean. <laughs> no. So, yeah, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, because like, I didn't have, like, because like most people, you know, growing up, oh, Michael Jordan, I, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm five, four. Like, <laughs> like that's, I mean, that's what I'm going to do with that. <laughs> what am I going to do with my doing my hero? There's nothing I can do with that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hear you. I hear you. I, 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 I can speak and do some civil disobedience. I can do that, though. <laughs> <laughs> my, fr- my frame is built for that. <laughs> I like that. I got you. <laughs> oh, goodness. So who would you like to thank for the impact that they've had upon your life? Ooh, oh, man. You got about an hour and 20 minutes? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I feel like I'm, hey, I feel like I, I just received an award. You know, I like to thank my producers and, <laughs> no, no, for real. Um, really? The, the biggest impact, probably? And that would be, yeah, because I would have to say that, would be my father-in-law. Okay. Like he was, he was probably the. No, I ain't gonna say probably. He was mm-hmm. the first strong male figure that I saw that mm-hmm. went out and got what he wanted. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So, um, he would he would definitely be one. Uh, my wife would be mm-hmm. one because. Mm-hmm. Sister bad for real. Um, you yeah, know what? It's so funny. I can't say what I was thinking, but when you said your wife, like in my head, I said bad followed by another word that I won't say out loud. <laughs> that you won't say? I know. I want to say it. I won't go say it either. But yeah. Yeah. Since we, we all do, we know. We yeah. know. Yeah. Um, That's and you. also, um, oh, no. my uh, my current pastor, uh, mm-hmm. Reverend Donnell Nichols, okay. you know, he uh, he embraced me and put me straight to work. Awesome. <laughs> it's it's wonderful to be able to do what you love to do. That's right. And so that's that's a rich course. life right there to be able to it do is. what you love to do. That's yeah, the what you love life to do. you can have. Like what you would do, like teach. I would teach without getting paid. Like mm-hmm. boy, that's what I do. Yes, you would. Hurts, yeah. But I'm just saying. But yeah, like <laughs> for free. like like it's so bad. I would pay somebody 
to let me teach them. Like, like that's just how much I love teaching. Like, for real. Like, that's not a good business model, but I understand. It's not a good business model. Not at all. I would not suggest that. That is that is a get poor quick scheme. That's what that is. <laughs> but, I, but I do love it. And I do know, like, wholeheartedly born to teach. It's in, it's in your blood. It's in your bones. No, I mean, it's good. Um, yeah, I can't help yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and I gotta give a shout out to Lo. Lovingly, we call him Lo. <laughs> yeah, I've been saying, and my mom and my stepdad, you know, yeah. they've all they've always like looking back, mm-hmm. like at my life growing up, and like even in high school, you know, they, they used to call me spoiled little rich kid. Mm-hmm. We didn't have nothing, but I never knew it. <laughs> like for real, like I've been there. Life, I am so serious. Like, when I look back and I realize the things that went on, now that I'm a parent mm-hmm. and I see, yes, I'm like, oh, what our parents magic. Real? Our parents were magic. Like, yeah, you, I'm like, they did all kinds of stuff with five cents. And you're like, how in the world did she do this big meal and he do this big yeah, meal? And you? I, you know, yeah, oh. like, ain't no, like, ain't no way you make this happen for real. <laughs> like, ain't no way. It's so incredibly resourceful. But I do, mm-hmm. I have to give a special shout out to low and I call your mom mom. So yeah. Yeah, matter of fact, in my phone, her name is Larry's mom. <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta give a shout out to Lo and Mom, because when I hit a rough patch years ago, they were there for me. Yeah. I was the heaviest ever weighed in my life because they can cook. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was absolutely. there every Sunday eating good. Uh, yes, when I came absolutely. back here, I had to like join a gym to kind of get things <laughs> back. So I could I, this is not a joke. Like I was about to have to go underwear shopping because my underwear, they were cutting me. And I was like, you know, before I do that, let me just go get this off. So I you know what? them to work off that good cooking. You know <laughs> what? Me. Now that's a good business, mom. <laughs> Starting inviting people to my mom and them house. They gonna need me then. <laughs> That's, that's good. That's a good yeah. idea. I like that. That's a good idea. But yeah, they were there for but, yeah. me. They let, helped me. Um, when I needed to use like a computer when I was uh, applying for jobs and updating my resume, you know, your mom let me use the computer and I was over there all the time. And then, of course, your wife, boy, we like we like this. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that is my sister. Like she is more than a cousin. She is more than the best friend. Like that woman is like we are super, super incredibly close. She probably knows more about me than anybody else on the planet that woman um don't know what i'd do without it so yeah any closing remarks or thoughts that you would like to share let's see if i can come up with something witty <laughs> you mean over all of the other <laughs> yeah i know i used the, uh, i okay. used all my good stuff earlier <laughs> <laughs> well first i just want to thank you for having me as a guest you know this is wonderful and I'm proud of you, so, so very proud of you. Like, unbelievably proud of you. Like, you wouldn't oh. believe how proud of you I am, for real. Likewise, the just, feeling is mutual. <laughs> we just, just went forward and just said, you know what? I'm going to do it. So, go yeah, to the old guy, turn out, I'm going to do it. Yep. And I love that about you. Thank you so um, much. For our listeners, I just want um, everyone just. First of all, learn to love yourself. Learn to love who you are. Learn to love the things about you, the quirky things about you that other people think is weird. 
Learn to love those things about you. Right. Because when that fear comes in your life, you're going to need to love yourself enough mm-hmm. to say, I'm not going to let this fear stop me. Right. And I think a lot of us suffer from lack of self-love. I know that think that we're in a, a selfish society. Not not really. We we not, not for real. People don't really love themselves like yeah. we think they do. Yeah. You know, like they like they portray that they do. They really don't love themselves like they portray that they do. And I think it's important that we learn, first of all, to love ourselves, you know, with everything that we are. Because I I can't love you if I don't love me. Right. And you it's know, not we, a judgment. I want to just make clear. It's not a judgment that we're passing on people when yeah. they say they don't love themselves. Yeah, it's, not, it's not a judgment. Because <laughs> it, 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 a lot of times the reason why people don't love themselves like that because we tell them that it's wrong for them to love themselves like that. It's not, you know, like a... You know, I got low self, and it's not a low self-esteem thing. I'm not talking about self-esteem and mm-hmm. you know what you think about yourself, and that's not what I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking about the, this love that you have for yourself that you're not gonna let fear stop you from being who you are and from being who you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, that that love for yourself that's not that's going to force you to keep going in the face of of people putting you down and doubting you and telling you that you can't make it and telling you that, you know, well, you, you could be doing this, 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 mm-hmm. you know, why are you trying to spend money on this or why are you trying to do this in order to make this happen? You ought to be doing this. Right. It's you got to love yourself. You it's a love right. that won't let you have. Right. Um, exactly. You're able to, to be who you authentically just, are. And yeah, that's when you really fall in love with you. Because at right. that point is when you really get to meet you and you yeah. really fall in love with you. And you Cause, want cause everyone you know to know real. you. <laughs> yeah. You're that one for real. Yeah. Like, for real. You are. Like, once you realize who you are and you see and you meet you for the first time, yeah. oh, yeah, you'd be like, man, where you been all my life? Exactly. Like, one for real. <laughs> There's so much for value. Real. And you know a thing that, and I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up, because I was just working through some of this yesterday. And one of the things that I, I was thinking back during the time where I didn't have that type of love for myself. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, why didn't I have it? And you know what it was? It, it was something smaller yet bigger than you would think. It was that I kept making promises to myself, no matter how small or how big, it didn't matter. But I was making promises to myself that I was not keeping. So, for instance, right. I'm going to wash this load of clothes tomorrow. Tomorrow comes. I don't wash it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I'm going to finish this assignment tomorrow. Tomorrow comes. I don't finish it. I'm going to go over here and do X, Y, Z tomorrow. Tomorrow comes. I don't do it. What you learn, so even subconsciously, is that you can't trust yourself. Right. Uh-huh. So then when you try to do the things that matter to you the most, and you've kind of built this muscle of not trusting yourself, instead of building the muscle of being able to trust yourself, you start to get to the point where you get frustrated with yourself just the same way you would do if a deadbeat parent, so to speak, was letting mm-hmm. you down, as much as you you want to love them, you start having this animosity towards them and you they say they're going to do something and you don't trust them. You don't take any action on anything that they say because you know from experience they're going to fall through. And so once you've built that in yourself where you won't move forward, like you you get to the point where you've accepted subconsciously, I'm not trustworthy. When you go to try to do something big in your life, whether it be start a business, whether it be conquer your weight goal, whether it be, you know, to get a new job, whatever it is, 
and you don't have that trust muscle built because of all of the empty promises you've made to yourself, a wonderful way to fix that is to start building that trust, even in the small things, in a safe space. Mm -hmm. Tell yourself, okay, I'm going to do the laundry this weekend. Do it. Come back to the house, right. water. Do it. Mm -hmm. Then you will, you'll be surprised at how happy you'll get that you even just did something that small. You can celebrate. I stuck to my word because it's not the right. laundry that was important as much as you sticking to your word. Keeping your word. Then you try it on something else. Make those promises. Keep those promises to yourself. You'll learn to trust yourself on the small things. And wow, like a scripture just came to mind. <laughs> you know, you said if you can, if you can, if you can master these little things, I'll make you master over a lot, basically, is what mm -hmm. it says. And it's the truth. If you you can do that with yourself, it's a principle that just it exceeds any religious belief. It's just a, it's right. a principle. It's a principle. You can build that in yourself in the little things that no one else knows about, just the things that you tell yourself, the promises you make to yourself, and take that to build the muscle of just being a person of your word. Then when you say, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to start this business, I'm going to lose, you know, this 40 pounds, get my blood pressure down, be healthy. You will trust yourself enough to do it. And it brings us to me back to your why needing to be bigger than your will. Building that muscle became non-negotiable for me because I needed that muscle to be built for this and the other things that I am building. So when you get that together, build that trust, choose that why that's, that'll help you when your wheel breaks, man, you got it going on. If you can right. do that. You got it going and, on, and you'll you'll be able to reach those goals because now you don't want to let you down. Exactly, exactly. And and you know what? I'm so glad you wrote it, worded it that way. With you don't want to let you down because in my life, you know, most people they can latch on to their children as the thing that drives them no matter what. Mm -hmm. And while I have been blessed with so many children, I have not birthed. <laughs> Any right. <laughs> so um, there have been seasons where I've been able to hold on to that when I really had to step up in some roles and really be a parent that I was really shocked at how driven I could be to do anything to move heaven and earth for those kids. But when I mm -hmm. was able to clock out and give those children back to their parents, right. you know, then I was back to, you know, I might do it. I might not. Mm -hmm. So I had to build that muscle to to refuse to let me down, to make empty promises mm -hmm. to me. And then I started seeing some growth and some results in the areas that I was struggling in. So yeah, excellent insight that you have shared there. So if people want to know more about you and how to work with you, where can they find you? Okay, you can uh, find me on my Instagram at ROE Fitness. That's ROE Fitness. Larry, I would like to thank you so much for sharing your time, your energy, your attention, your your wit, <laughs> <laughs> and really your soul. Like, like you, like you're all here. Like, I don't know if that yeah. makes sense, but I can feel it. Does like I know what you mean? Are, yeah, you are all here, and um, yeah, appreciate you for that. Love you a whole heap, a bunch of much. Oh, I love you more. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh, and I love how you explained that, but I won't go, I won't go down that rabbit hole. But yeah, I love that. 
<laughs> and the next time someone said that to me, because you explained that first in the yeah. tears, one of my kids, my first, my first kid, oh. uh, Keandre, said that to me, and I just cried like a baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for being all in, all here with us, and bringing everything you got. This this journey has been amazing to watch. Like we have watched each other grow over the years. I know, right? Oh man. I just was thinking about like the first time we met <laughs> when your wife introduced um introduced us in the in the years of jokes that we have had. <laughs> man. <laughs> but how many uh, short people I've been, oh gosh. How skinny you've been and it's been oh, it's been wonderful. <laughs> you know, right? You can't really make those skinny jokes anymore like you I know, to. I I know you you took I my one weapon. <laughs> you took my one weapon that I had. Thank you for tuning in to the Fear to Fortitude podcast. To obtain more information about our show's guests, and how you can leverage your fear to become the face of your own success story, please visit feartofortitude.com today.